you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the League podcast doesn't share first-team snaps. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. It's happening. Back again. Another show. <laughs> what does that mean, Mark? I don't know. There's a, there's a tone in your voice there. No, I just feel like we were just here. Um, Don't you want to be here? I couldn't be more excited to be in here. It's uh, Mark, remember the days when you worked at that major firm uh, doing exactly. paperwork where you hated the job so much that when you quit, you left and you had nothing in your desk to take away because you were that <laughs> uninvested in the operation. And now look where you are. They gave me an exit interview and asked if I wanted to take the elevator down with like an official. And I just took the stairs by myself, 27 <laughs> flights. Walked down through downtown LA and drove away. Didn't you once have, <laughs> didn't you once have a job and maybe this was it where you wrote uh, proposal contract proposals for nefarious organizations and things like that? Yes, and I can say no more. And I got out of there. <laughs> I'm as just quick saying as I you could. have had a lot of crazy jobs along with Wesling. And now you don't try to pass it off on Wes. Now you write for the NFL and you speak into microphones for podcasts and they put your beautiful mug in front of a camera to talk about all the news. You are living the high life. Beautiful. Two beautiful boys and a beautiful wife. All right. What a life. I am excited. Let's let's go with the show. This here. is let's your go. life, Mark Sess. All right. So great show today. Happy Friday to everyone. All our listeners around the world, special show today. They're all special. This one's nice, too. Uh, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, which is uh, they're inducting new members into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, this weekend. We're going to get into a little Hall of Fame chatter. We're going to talk about the new class and also uh, do a little talk on current players in the league. Who has a chance to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is Really, the highest honor you could bestow on anybody is to be a first ballot Hall of Famer in any sport. So we'll see what guys in the NFL can achieve that honor potentially at this stage. Uh, before that, we're going to do the news. And I uh, just want to check in with Zach 
Zach with a C-H. Yes. What's up, gentlemen? How, How are, are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm uh, fantastic. I just want to say, Zach, flawless production work on mm. Wednesday's podcast. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> We've had so many producers, the Spinal Tap Drummer Syndrome. We've had... I'll get myself a round of applause. That is wow. a wow. And you deserve it. <laughs> Better. Great work. And But all it really means is there's more pressure this time around. Yeah, I know. I was worried about that yesterday. I was like, I, I confirmed with you to make sure yes. it was okay. And now I'm like, now I really have to step up my game. That's true. So we'll see I'd be happens. scared if I were TD, you know, twiddling my thumbs in Canton, Ohio, looking for something to do to find out that yesterday's show was sterling, produced beautifully. <laughs> well, he complimented me. He said I did a good job. So I, I don't think well, he's worried. Nice I don't think he's worried, but I wouldn't be. You know, don't be surprised. All right, <laughs> let's do some news. Marshawn Lynch's contract holdout is over. The Seattle Seahawks running back reported to camp on Thursday. Uh, he had been missing for over a week, uh, looking for a new contract. The Seattle Seahawks made it clear, both through the media and then, I'm sure, to Lynch's representatives that they were not going to be handing out a new contract, considering he was already nicely paid and they had just given him a new contract in 2012. So now he's back in camp. He accrued about $500,000 in fines, but you assume or you think that they could wipe that all off the books and move together toward another goal of a Super Bowl, Marshawn Lynch, back in the fold. Rendering our What's More Likely segment irrelevant. <laughs> That's the big takeaway. That's right. Who is right? Were we all right? Well, I did preface my answer by saying he will report to camp, and neither of these options is correct. And I know you wrote a piece, Wes. <laughs> Too much hedging of bets in the last what's, what's <laughs> more likely saying. We've got to go more hardcore straightforward next time. None of, none of us are surprised Marshawn Lynch is back. I think the question now becomes, is this Lynch's last season in Seattle? And you wrote about that, Wes. I did. We floated this idea the other day, and I guess I wanted to follow up in a little more in-depth to explain why the face of the franchise could just be ditched on the side of the road next offseason. NFL teams do not pay big money for aging running backs. Marshawn Lynch just got done with the peak of his career the last two years, 26 mm. and 27. I've done studies, and that is almost always the peak of a, an established running back's career. I've done studies. That's when you know you got to take West seriously. <laughs> well, the ESPN, man builds databases. ESPN Stats and Information has also done studies. Lame. Running backs Down fall cap. off by 15% at 28. 25% at 29, and 40% at age 30. This is what Lynch has ahead of him. He has 1,000 carries in his last three years, including the playoffs. Hmm. His body's going to start to break down. The Seahawks have to pay Russell Wilson probably $20 million a year starting next offseason. Four starters, four key defensive starters, also in the last year of their contracts. It seems with they're one of the rare teams, Seattle, that you know got some boom and bust franchises that rise up and they're quickly gone. Seattle is trying to build without a lot of emotion when it comes to the roster. Schneider mentioned this this week. He's like, we, we're, we have our plan. We're going to stick to it. They've got Kristen Michael. They'll continue to draft running backs that fit the mold. Lynch, it's not as if the whole franchise hangs on Lynch's age or health. They can move on if they need to. But it's on Michael. If, he, if Michael, That's who, fair. who we love as a making the leap candidate. Except for the spelling of his first name. That's true. Kristen Michael. Come on. Let's work on that. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> if he has a terrible season for some reason... It's hard to imagine them getting rid of Lynch, but if Michael's as good as we think he is, whether it's in a spot role or if he's splitting carries, then you can say so long. I'm, and I don't want us to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I'm just curious. Let's say it all plays out the way Wes and many people imagine that this is his last year. He would be age 29 running back by next offseason. 
does he would he get like a Chris uh, Chris Johnson type contract at that at that stage? A lot depends on what happens this year. Yeah. I mean, if his body holds up, I think he would definitely get Chris Johnson. He'd do better than what Chris Johnson so? got for the Jets. Yeah, I think because physical running back, and a lot of people will probably think he's going to drop off the cliff once he hits thirty. Right? I'm just saying, I'd put him at a tier above wherever Chris Johnson's been, and Stephen Jackson, for instance, when he became available. Fred Jackson just got a new deal. This guy will keep playing, but it may not be with Seattle. I think that's. The... I think with Lynch, look no further than what the Seahawks have already seen out of Sean Alexander. The end comes quickly when you. When you are saddled up for 300-something carries a year. Thank thank you, by the way, for getting that Fred Jackson contract extension Bang. into the show. Bullet point he along des- the ocean. He Done. deserves it. One of the best running backs of the last decade. Oh, what? Come on. Whatever. He's on the list. <laughs> just He's on. on the top 15 list. Okay. Top 10. Let's if you're going to extend best to 15, <laughs> then we can save it. Let's stick with some running back news. This is some bummer running back news. David Wilson was trying to make his way back from neck surgery. He got cleared by the team. And uh, he sustained a neck burner uh, earlier this week. And now there are reports, according to Connor Orr and Jordan, I'm going to get this last name wrong, Ranan of NJ.com, that multiple sources I think be- it's raining. Yeah, that's cool. believe it's a long <laughs> shot that the Giants running back returns to the field. One unnamed source with knowledge of the uh, Wilson's medical condition said Wilson, quote, needs a miracle to return. Uh, sad news for a guy that was uh, so hyped heading into last season. Obviously, very talented and uh, potentially dynamic back. Now he his career is likely over. And I'm just curious how you get medically cleared, and then you suffer a neck burner almost immediately. It makes me scared. And I would think, not to get off topic, but Jim Michael Finley, the Packers must be like, whoa, that's a little scary. How quickly you could clear somebody and not know what would happen. Do we know for sure the burner is related to his neck surgery? No, players but, get burners all the time. Right? Yeah, no, we don't. But it's a nerve injury in the neck area, and you just have to listen to Tom Coughlin today saying that we're all praying for the kid. And I think Dan's point is well founded. It's the human body. I mean, that's why it's like you, you can make as many proclamations as you want or clearances and feel like you're being safe, but you don't know how many times have we seen that that a guy gets cleared something and something happens again. It's happened with concussions plenty of times. Yeah, I mean, they talk about – and I think for the for New York, too, it is, it's a crippling blow because this is a team that, with David Wilson, had an interesting backfield. But without him, has a very plain backfield with guys you don't even know can go the distance. They've got no legitimate starting tight end, and you're just hoping that Eli Manning in this new offense – can actually do anything. There really is nothing special about this offense. One thing I'll say, though, if if the Giants were really counting on David Wilson last this year, that really tells you they messed up because uh, we, ne- we never knew what we were going to get from him. And that running back depth chart is scary when – Peyton Hillis looks like the primary backup right now. Well, That's they scary. went and got Rashad Jennings and drafted Andre Williams, so they weren't counting on him. But the, the, the thought a week ago that he'd be back was big for New York. Well, they've lost a lot of speed. Wilson... Uh, explosive player Odell Beckham hasn't been on the field. They're not quite sure what they're going to get out of him. They, they were expecting they those two guys. They don't have a tight end to speak of. Larry Donnell right. is their, the inimitable. Larry Donnell is their starting tight end. They could, scary. They could pick uh, Colt Lairla off the trash pile in a few weeks <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> David Wilson is more talented than this guy, but it, it's reminiscent of Steve Slayton's career. Mm. With Steve, the, ooh, Steve remember Slayton, Steve Slayton Paul, with a neck injury? Never was the same after that. 
Let's try to have a Colt Lyerla reference in every show for the entire season. If, if by chance, Dan, Just and, as you a know, challenge. he produces anything, it's yeah. going to be real bad for you. I am willing to take that chance in life. Uh, here's another player whose career may be over. Uh, Brady Quinn. We got a tweet from the people at Fox Sports. Uh, they said they're excited to announce that Brady Quinn is joining that um, outfit as a college football and NFL studio and game analyst. I guess the takeaway from this is if Brady Quinn is doing that, uh, it appears the NFL is not looking to employ him. So, uh, Mark, we're going to turn it over to you, uh, Mr. Sessler, a Brady Quinn fan once upon a time. I will never forget living in L.A. in a single tiny apartment room with a, t- with a small TV on the day that they drafted Quinn on the phone with my dad saying, you know what, Dad? Listen, I have a feeling. Papa? This is the turning point. They found their guy. <laughs> and since then, they have drafted two quarterbacks at the same exact spot in the first round at number 22. And they're just hoping Manziel's the third's the charm. The second was Whedon, so you know where we're going. The, the father-son conversations that sometimes you, you think they're seminal conversations that end up being a little funny in retrospect. It reminds me of <laughs> after the Jets' second AFC title game loss to Sanchez where he played very well in the second half. And I remember being on the phone with my dad outside some sad Jets bar in Burbank and being like, Dad... It was a really tough loss, and we're bummed out, but we know we have a quarterback, and that's something to be excited about. <laughs> after I, I wrote this piece on Brady Quinn, and after writing it, my main takeaway was here's a guy with stats that are, that are worse than Blaine Gabbert's and a 4-16 and career record and uh, spent time on three different rosters last year, which you wonder what Tim Tebow did and Vince Young did to piss everyone off that Brady Quinn kept getting this many chances. Well, I will, in Cleveland, I will say that there was so much chaos during his short time there. He was, you know, all you'd ever hear was a great teammate and a great guy to have in the room. Maybe that's what teams are looking for out of your second Oh, yeah, guy. I don't think it's a case like Matt Leiner where you have the feeling that you squandered some talent, and there's plenty of other first-round picks. J.P. Lossman, whoever, I'm trying to think of. <laughs> J. J. He was Lossman a talented squandered guy. squandered I don't know. Maybe he wasn't even talented <laughs> the first one. I think Quinn just maxed out in college, got overrated, overhyped, and drafted too early because of it, and he kind of hit his ceiling <laughs> under Charlie Weiss. J.P. Lossman was known as an athletic guy. How do you think he got in the first round? Who's he's, next? You got yeah, he's almost as good of an athlete as Tyler Thigpen. He stuck in college, and he got picked as hot in the first round. It was because of the combine and all that. J.P. Right. Lossman. Yeah. yeah. I remember Jackson. That Are you going to sing the praises of David Nelson next? I'm not next singing track? the praises. Just I was wait till Bishop gets on the table again. <laughs> That was anti-Lossman. All right, so the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints uh, defense is going to be very interesting this year. Uh, NFL league insiders tell Kevin Clark of the Wall Street Journal that defensive coordinator Rob Ryan is, quote, quietly crafting an or- unorthodox scheme with the potential to change the way the defense – that defense is playing the future. Now, that is – Well, this is Rob Ryan. <laughs> Zach. But I, well, I like that. All right, why don't we, Zach, we're going to have to put you in timeout for that. Wrong, Ryan. Uh, well, a well-placed jab at the less creative Jets defense. <laughs> anyway, let's get this back on the rails. Bad job, Zach. Come on, buddy. Uh, here's the quote. Uh, per Clark, said by Rob Ryan, Rob Ryan, Zach, I'm always ready to get weird. Well, this is a callback to an article Mark Sessler wrote in April where he used the word funky to describe what the Saints are going to do on defense this you year. You dropped a funky on NFL.com? Good for you. Listen, 
It was like 5.48 in the morning. <laughs> I was proud of you. Three uh, safeties is what we're looking at. At Starting least three. At least three. At four, least three. Could five. be four or five hundred. Two hundred at the same time. Basically, what, what, what offenses and defenses are doing right now in the NFL are trying to confuse each other with, with hybrid personnel packages, moving them in and out. And defenses think that offenses have figured out blocking schemes too easily. Hmm. This is a way to change it up a little bit and a way to hang with all the tight ends and running backs and extra slot receivers that we see now. I like that you noted that it came out of le- – because I mean, they used some three safety last year. It's not you know the first time they do it. But it came out of all the injuries that we were writing about in New Orleans, New Orleans at this time <laughs> last summer. That they had to. He had to move people around. And then you have – they go and draft someone like Vaccaro who can be used all over the place. You go get Bird, and that's why they fought so hard for Raphael Bush. Well, and their cornerbacks aren't very good. So that's a big factor. You just try to get your best players on the field. After Keenan Lewis, I don't really like their cornerbacks. They don't really like they their like cornerbacks. They like Stanley Jean-Baptiste. Okay, but, but I think that their better players are at safety. That's so a you perfect put them on the player. Field. My to, uh, takeaway was this was team. more about their linebackers just aren't that yeah, good. That's fair, or that, and that's the way the NFL is going. You would rather have a safety with somewhat good run defense skills than a linebacker with somewhat good pass, you know, coverage skills. And Wes, back to the point about New Orleans against New Orleans. When I cited a 1997 better than Ezra single on Wednesday show. You seem to think maybe citing that band was not I a great source. I scoffed at the notion. Better than Ezra, Baton Rouge, Louisiana residents or founded there. That's a real source. Well, those, it, are, those are locals. Well, first of all, you didn't even know that when you <laughs> said that. That's a bad job. What? You, you say you're a big. Of course I, I You said you're that. a big better than Ezra fan. You what? Know that. Who they're said out, that? And they're based in New Orleans. Forget Baton Rouge. By on Rouge. That's how you say that I knew they were from Louisiana, but a, a Twitter uh, reader sent in the Baton Rouge part, which was What was their me. one big uh, hit? It's good living with you all. Right, wow. right on key, Wes, <laughs> by the way. You that was like the studio version. They had good In the Blood was a great single. Mm. Uh, yeah, right. New Orleans was great. I mean, they had, they had like five very good songs. Or one. Fair to uh, say Desperately that, Wanting. Uh, Possibly none. Rob Ryan not getting his due during this uh, news segment. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Rob. Win something. All right, moving forward. I saw better than Ezra at Jazz Festival. Did Actually, you? they were great. They were, they were fun. We're going to talk next week about the Saints offense, too, because I think Mark's on to something with this Super Bowl prediction. Ooh. I've got we have two. I thought you were, you were riding the Packers three I'm months ago. I'm riding the Packers and the Saints, which is why I wrote that article a couple weeks ago saying they have moved on par with All the right. Seahawks and 49ers. And by the way, we are going to begin our team of ATL nominations, uh, the process beginning in August, which is right around the corner. So uh, maybe even as soon as next week, we'll nominate the first team, maybe do one a week, something like that. And uh, it sounds like the Saints, there's a good chance they might be one of those teams. But we don't know yet. In the mix. Keep, keep the cards close. Moving forward, Jamal Charles of the Kansas City Chiefs is well known for his great cutting ability. Unfortunately, that, that uh, great lateral quickness might have cost them a potential starter. Coach Andy Reid told reporters on Thursday that safety Sanders Cummings has undergone, undergone surgery to repair a broken ankle he suffered during Wednesday's practice. Uh, the play in question was when Jamal Charles did one of his magical cuts. Cummings could not uh, stay with the running back, and then his ankle went. He literally broke a guy's ankle. Holy cow! Greg, 
me. Well, you were very hot on this story. I thought it was interesting. So. Someone literally breaks an ankle. Says, <laughs> <laughs> "Where's your move. love of the game?" Huh? No, I, I just, I, you looked like you wanted to speak on this, so I'm, I'm just saying, have a word. Well, that's it's about as unfortunate a way as you can get injured. I guess there's other ways that would be less or more embarrassing. It's like I, they were filming be, an and one commercial. Right. It's just terrible. <laughs> it's terrible for Sanders Gomez. It's, it's terrible for uh, Jamal Charles, too, to kind of know that you have that much power. That wherever being, It's like being a superhero and not realizing that you can hurt somebody. Right. You're, on, you're going against your teammates every day. Next time he's doing that cut, I'd be worried. You don't want to uh, take really out the whole. You think this is a big factor for the Chiefs you, this year? You want you don't want to take out the whole secondary, and and not to. Uh, <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> He's good, man. And not to make light of uh, Sanders' injury because that's a bummer. But uh, one of my favorite things is when you watch videos uh, of of street ball or things of that nature where a guy does a crossover, somebody falls over, and then everyone in the gym or on the court runs away screaming with their arms in the air. Do you think that happened on the Chiefs practice field after this? <laughs> not to make light of the injury. Yeah, not to like make light of it. The whole, the whole thing was brought up to make light of the injury. But So do you think they did that? Do you think they ran away with their arms in the air? Yes. Do you think, I it do think that happened? Oh, well, it would have been short-lived that. if they saw they their teammate <laughs> crumpled on the ground. Well, nobody knows at the time that it's broken. <laughs> You can't blame them for that. No. Poor Mr. Cummings. So we've been talking about the Johnny, as everyone else, Johnny Manziel and Brian Hoyer, the great battle in Berea. Berea? Berea. I think the locals would call it Berea. The great battle on the Indian burial ground in Ohio uh, between the two players. Uh, we've been we've been hearing that maybe Hoyer is the guy that's going to win the job, but uh, offensive coordinator... Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan acknowledged that neither quarterback is ahead of the other, saying, quote, I hope they make it easy for us. Uh, here's the rest of the quote. Johnny's continued to progress. Uh, who also, uh, and Shanahan also noted it's going to take time for the team to choose between a first-year arm and a veteran with just four career starts. Chris Wessling glowing. He's saying to himself, it ain't over, and I knew it, and I'm predicting it, and that's what's going to happen. A battle all through the summer. This is nothing new to me. It's not even <laughs> August yet, and everybody was handing the – the job to Hoyer. Of course it's not over. It's a quarterback competition. And Mike Pettin said similar things that they have a long way to go. I do take a little bit out of this that Kyle Shanahan made a point to say publicly, hey, slow down on the Hoyer's definitely the starter. I, I wanted to put it out there. Johnny's got, you know, a good chance. Well, my, my thing all along, maybe we should wait for football to be played. That's the only point. Bingo. And you also have to... You guys overrate the preseason, I think, No, we don't. No, we don't. Because he's going to be playing second stringers, and they'll be out there for two series. They're not going to make their decisions off of just that. They're absolutely going to make their decisions. It's a big factor, but it's not Almost every quarterback competition we've ever seen has come down to preseason games. Mark, I thought I asked you downstairs yesterday who you thought would start, and you said Hoyer. Well... That's let's not confuse that with what I think they should do or whether or not it's a fair competition. I I think that whether Manziel can take this thing over. I think Wesley. I'm with Wesley on this. In, in, in a game situation, if Manziel, Manziel does what he does, I think he's going to make it real hard for them. The sense that I think we're all starting to get is that they'd be very comfortable with the idea, especially on the road in Week One in Pittsburgh, rolling out Hoyer. And using Manziel in some packages. That's what they've talked about for more than a week now, Patton did. I did have someone inside the NFL media community email me about an hour ago and say, Chris Wesley's softball pants are in trouble. Mm. 
Mm, was it in NFL media? They call it the Zach Redemption. Look, Brian Hoyer, <laughs> his game is always going to be more suited to practices than games. Manziel's will always be more suited to games than practices. That's Wouldn't it be great to have someone that was good at both? You know, that's what real good quarterbacks <laughs> well, do. Well, maybe by it. the time he's not a rookie anymore, he'll be better suited to practice. You did hear those things early in Russell Wilson, we, for instance, training camp, that, ooh, he's wowing him. Ooh, he's doing this. You're not hearing that about Manziel. Ooh, that's, kill that's true. He's throwing a lot well, of Well, we all agree, though, that this is not Manziel settled Manziel is behind Flynn at this point. Or, uh, Wilson right. was behind Flynn at but this point. But he was opening his... some eyes. Well, maybe we'll Plenty wait, maybe we'll wait until guys. after three practices are over before we <laughs> worry about opening eyes. Fair. Uh, yesterday, or excuse me, on Wednesday's podcast, we actually were talking about Johnny Manziel. There was a photo at a bar of Manziel um, appeared to be hanging out with a couple teammates, uh, drinking a cold one. Someone snapped a photo. It got posted on a sports gossip site, and then uh, some. it got picked up by some Cleveland-area papers, including the Akron Beacon Journal. I uh, tweeted out my displeasure with that, thinking it was not fair to Manziel. We talked about it on the podcast on Wednesday as well. And then I got a phone call from the writer of that story, Nate Ulrich, who wanted to come on the Around the League podcast and tell his side of the story, why he thinks that was newsworthy and why it should have been used. So why don't we get him on the phone, Mr. Zach? All right, Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Thanks for having me. You got it. Welcome to the Around the League podcast. As I said before, uh, Nate wrote the piece about Johnny Manziel, uh, who was seen in the bar outside near the Browns complex. I sent a tweet uh, expressing that I didn't think that story should be up or and didn't see it as fair. I spoke with Nate later that night. Nate, I think Nate's exact quote was, it was a bit of a Twitter drive-by because he ended up getting a lot of uh, venom on Twitter, as can happen mm. on Twitter. And Ian Rappaport, our NFL media insider, also tweeted what I had tweeted and added his own opinion on it, which led to more of a firestorm. So, Nate, I'm going to say unhappy with the NFL media team right there. Is that correct, Nate? Well, you know, I just wish that <laughs> <laughs> it would have went down a little differently. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think in hindsight, you know, from what we talked about on the phone last night, I think you'd agree with that. Um, you know, for you to agree with it or, or for you to disagree with it, you know, that that's fine. But I, I really do strive to be fair. And, and, you know, I've covered the team. This will be my fifth season. I cover them day in, day out. And, and that's one thing that I really try to do. Um, I thought it was a fair story because um, – you know, when you look at this whole three-month uh, saga of, you know, uh, ongoing story of Johnny Manziel and his, and his uh, you know, his, his, his partying, his, his off-field behavior, um, you know, one of the main questions was, is it going to continue? Is he going to go out when training camp starts? And they didn't have practice Wednesday here in Berea. You know, so Tuesday night gave the players a little bit of opportunity to have downtime, and Johnny hit the bar, you know, during that downtime. So I thought that it was noteworthy to, you know, pass it along that, you know, Johnny Manziel did go out during training camp, that that answer, uh, you know, surfaced uh, the, the way it did. So, um, you know, my, my, my big takeaway and, and my I guess my main point is, you know, I, I'm not pretending that this is on the same level as some of the other antics we've seen. It's not him floating on the swan. It's not, uh, you know, it's not him rolling 
uh, money in a bathroom. It's him going out and having some drinks. It's pretty low key, okay, and it, it's not the end of the world. But I felt that it was noteworthy to, to point out that this happened, and you know, here we are in training camp, and, and a question had been answered. Hey, Nate, this is Chris Wesley. Hey, how's it going? All right, I get you just answered my question. I'm going to say so. Obviously, this is not on the same level as the activities which brought his name into the news in the first place. So I'm trying to figure out how that's news. Don't you? I mean, to me, this is just gotcha journalism. We caught you in a situation where you're out with teammates, and we're going to make a much bigger deal of it than it than it is. Especially when, like you said, they have an off day the next day. Uh, again, it's a huge uh, part of the uh, storyline here in Northeast Ohio. Um, people are constantly talking about sports talk radio. People just, you know, talking to me, asking me, just, you know, anytime I run into anybody, hey, you know, if they're talking about Johnny Manziel, hey, do you think he's going to continue to, to go out? Is he going to go out when training camp starts? Oh, he's not going to be able to go out, you know. He's not going to have any time. Mike Evans, his teammate uh, from Texas A&M, and, and this was in the post I wrote, you know, he predicted at the NFL Rookie Symposium that in training camp, Johnny's not going to go out at all. So, um you know, I didn't view it as gotcha journalism. I viewed it as, you know, we're chronicling Johnny Manziel's lifestyle off the field. This is something that, you know, has, has been going on for three months. It, it, he is a phenom. I mean, it, he's unlike anyone else I've ever covered and, and probably unlike anyone else a lot of other people have covered and that he is a celebrity. And Jerry Jones hit it on the head, I think, when he said he was like Elvis. I mean, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, things that Johnny does um, are, are going to get people talking. And, and, you know, we all have bosses in this business. And, you know, I know my bosses want content on Johnny Manziel. And, um, you know, maybe that speaks to a larger issue. Um, but there is definitely an emphasis on Johnny Manziel. What's he doing? What's he up to? And, you know, all that played into this. Isn't it on us, though, to make those decisions that maybe tone down uh, the fever that's following Manziel and kind of like make those judgment calls between, okay, this is him going out, let's say, till 3, 4 in the morning during a bunch of training camp days straight or a day before practice or whatever, and using judgments like, okay, this time he's with teammates, it's, you know doesn't seem like that big a deal the rest of the team was probably out having having a beer too every team you know in NFL history if you go read books like we glorify all the guys for sneaking out and getting beers behind Chuck Knoll's back when you're in the 70s Steelers and it doesn't isn't it on us to sort of tamp down some of the hysteria that that follows around this guy it is on us to make those decisions I made the decision I made because um Johnny Manziel isn't just another guy. If, if, if Joe Thomas is out having a beer, um, it's not a story because Joe Thomas wasn't, you know, partying every, virtually every week since late May. Joe Thomas wasn't promising all kinds of people publicly and privately, you know, that he wasn't going to continue to party the way he did in college and that he would be football 24 um, 7. You know, all that goes into it as well as, hey, Coach Mike Pettin and General Manager Ray Farmer met with Manziel about his off-field behavior. They met with him and addressed specifically 
Um, the uh, photo of him rolling up money expressed concern. Um, Jimmy Haslam just a couple days earlier. Um, I'm talking about a couple days earlier uh, from from when Johnny went out during the the off uh, the off night. That would have been uh, Saturday when camp opened. Jimmy Haslam spoke to reporters and, and, and was very stern and said, "We expect better." Um, and, and we think, um, you know, Johnny got the message. You know, we want him to make his news um, on the field, not off the field. And, again, I'm not saying that, you know, going out and, and you know, having uh, a few beers or whatever it may have been uh, at a bar is comparable to some of the other things that he did. But it did answer a question in my mind about whether he would continue to go out. And, you know, he said, hey, I'm going to continue to have a social life. And I put this quote in the post in question, and it's all about, hey, you know, I'm going to have fun no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm playing football, whether I'm playing golf, or whether I'm having a nightlife. I'm going to continue to have fun. So nobody should be surprised by it, but it did answer a question. He is going to continue to go out during camp. He went out. And, and you guys keep saying with teammates, I'm not aware if he was out with teammates. Are you guys aware of something I'm not uh, apparently it was – I had seen uh, photos where it appeared it was Tyler Thigpen, Thigpen and another quarterback on the depth chart. Connor Shaw. Connor, Connor Shaw. Okay, yeah, I have not seen the photos that I've uh, identified those guys. All right. Well, you know, this it's good to have uh, two sides of the story, and we do uh, – Nate does great work for the Akron Beacon Journal. You could read about – uh, his coverage of the Browns at Ohio.com slash Browns, and you can follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Ehrlich, er- er- Ehrlich, excuse me, ABJ. Uh, follow all the Browns news. So, Nate, thanks for coming on and telling your side of the story. And, uh, you know, I think we're all in agreement that if Johnny Manziel wins, a lot of this stuff becomes just fodder that might even become positive for his legacy. No, no doubt about it, and, and that's what I want. Guys, I want you to know, and I really mean this, I don't like – writing about that kind of stuff. I used to play football. I got into this uh, business because I wanted to ultimately cover football. It's a dream come true to do that. And I want to write about football. We all have bosses, and I'm trying to do my job and thoroughly cover the team in all aspects of it, including its highest profile player. Cool, Nate. Well, thank you very much for calling in, and uh, we'll continue to read your stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, guys. All right, Dan, you know, uh, why do you have to do that? You know, put a guy on the defensive. Now we're all Woodward and Bernstein. Dan, I, Dan Hans is taking shots. I wasn't taking shots. and I, no, I, I, like, I agreed with you. I, and you know I'm what? Kidding. The one thing I felt bad about, and I talked about Nate on the phone uh, the day before he just came on, was that, you know, I didn't mean for him to get fried on Twitter, which is apparently what happened. But, you know, I stand by my feeling that I don't think necessarily that should have been a post. But no, he, he says that he thinks it's part of the story and needs to be documented. If Dan or if Ian chose to retweet me instead of you, I'm the one he would have called. So thank you for uh, falling on the grenade there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move forward. We'll close today with some talk about the 2014 Pro Football Hall of Fame and uh, the upcoming class this weekend. Here's a rundown of this year's class. Derek Brooks, Ray Guy, Claude Humphrey, Walter Jones, Andre Reed, Michael Strahan, Aeneas Williams. Nice little group there. Uh, why don't we just we'll start there. Thoughts about that class? Anybody jump out to you? Is that uh, extra deserving of enshrinement? Well, each Hall of Fame class kind of has their leader almost where you're like, all right, all the guys are obviously legends, but that guy's the biggest legend. And to me, Walter Jones is that guy of this group. He's the guy when you watched him, not like we're experts on offensive line play, but he's the one in the middle of his career. Everyone knew 
he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, you just knew watching him that he's one of the greatest players to ever play at his position. I think he's going to be he's going to end up being ranked right below Anthony Munoz as the second best offensive tackle in NFL history. Mm. I'm excited. I don't I don't know how you can't be for punter Ray Guy. Mm. <laughs> okay, it's been too long, and this has been a campaign that's waged, uh, you know, by many for years and years, including the vaguely annoying Chris Cluey. Well. Cluey definitely was at the forefront of that, but he that was not alone. Al Davis was Saint fighting Patch. for it for fighting years. For, you know, Ray Guy has gone on to teach hundreds of other punters the skill. He, he's, he loves teaching, and I, I don't know. This is the guy that I'm latching on to. Well, well, let's go, know, Ray Guy. And you know who's inducting him? He's <laughs> so funny. John Madden. Is That's he? Cool. So listen, it, Ray, Ray Guy is hanging out and has the endorsement of some Raiders heavies. I just always wonder why Ray Guy instead of, like, the other great punters of NFL history. Better name? I think that might be it. And he was on the Raiders, won a lot of games. But they, they used the number one draft pick on him. It, and it is, it's important mm. to have a punter in there because that, you know, it has to be give hope to other punters in the future. <laughs> Ray Guy got in, maybe I can. That is important. I wouldn't For get all your the hopes punters up out too there much if you're a punter. Dreams have been crushed as they're just punting alone. Why um, are you not letting punters be people? How has no, I, I'm looking forward to every year there's a surprise uh, speech that – is like really fun and emotional, and you've never mm. really thought about that person before. Ray Guy, after being let out all this time, first punter, he's a good candidate to, to make that speech. Wesleyan is right, the first ever punter to be selected in the first round. Yes, and the only. And the How has that worked out for uh, kickers behind Jan Stenerud, by the way? They're, Watching it, him get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, John Hall is still waiting for uh, his name to come up. He's maybe, waiting for a helmet that fits his head. Maybe Seabass, another Raiders first-round pick, will be the next Hall of Fame kicker. And by the way, even though Ray Guy is going into the Hall and had a great career, I'm, you can't still convince me too much that using a first-round pick on him was the right move. Come on, first-round pick on a punter? Get out of here. Uh, and by the way, Michael Strahan, the guy inducting him, is Jay Glazer. What? Interesting. That's strike anyone you didn't know else's that? They are they're, they are peculiar. legitimately they've been like best friends for a decade from it what I read. It seems a little bit of a, a stretch though for At I, first blush it does, but they are they're tight. They're super tight. They're friends. Well, I'm sure they're friends. I have a lot of close friends that maybe I wouldn't have them give a speech if I made the Hall of Fame. You, well, you usually have someone that was a teammate or a coach. I read that Jake they were gets best paid friends. to speak. That's his job. Do we want to say anything about Strahan's football ability? <laughs> Let's You're going to go Warren Sapp? Well, Let's I was going to say Strahan, uh, for a guy who was a 4-3 end pass rusher, was one of, also one of the better run stuff, stuffers for a yeah. defensive end and had a variety of moves. He was hard for guys like John Runyon, Eagles tackle, to deal with his speed and power combination. And he, he had an interesting career because he had such a slow start to it. People forget that his first four or five years, he was kind of an average starter that didn't get a lot of attention. He came on. Very strongly. I do find it interesting that Warren Sapp got the love of the first-time Hall of Fame bat, and they made Strahan wait a year, and that it sort of feels right. Even though if it, you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of hmm. Famer, it feels right. I think Sapp redefined that that uh, three-technique defensive tackle position. You say, Greg, first bout Hall of Famer and you know what that means and whether um, – you know, being named first ballot is a special honor, and guess what? We're going to talk about it right now. I have a, a post that I plan to write for the Around the League site at NFL.com slash Around the League, but I wanted to crowdsource it out to the, the uh, experts of the NFL that I do this great podcast with. See your, your thoughts on the issue. Uh, so I want to – let me just throw out some names I think are first ballot guys that are in the NFL right now, mm. and the only guideline I want to throw out is – 
if they announced tomorrow that their career was over, would they get in? So wow. no, you can't like say, oh, well, this guy will be good another five years or another year. Um, no, if it ended now, is he in the Hall of Fame? That's harsh. It's high so, guidelines. It's a, uh, it's a tight five, the list for me. And it is Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Adrian Peterson, Drew Brees, and Bill Belichick. Thoughts? Mm. So it's only active players. Somebody like Ed Reed does not count? Does not count, no. Okay. Career ends today. I would have – I for me, the voting in the Hall is strange, but I would vote all those guys a yes. I'm going yes on all of those guys. Drew Brees is the only one that just raised my eyebrows that maybe there would be a chance if his career ended today, which you said, that he wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Super Bowl win. Yeah. Eight quarterbacks have thrown for eight, – eight times someone's thrown for 5,000 yards. He's done it four. No one else has done only, it more than one. Only six quarterbacks have thrown 70% completion percentage in a season. He did it twice. Well, stats are always going to be weighted towards – quarterbacks and passing in this era. I think if you kind of say the Drew Brees of the 80s or in the 90s or the 70s, are those guys first ballot Hall of Famers? Especially if his career, for some reason, ended right here at this age. Those guys really aren't. He's always been like the third or the fourth. Is Drew Brees Warren Moon? No, well, he's like uh, the best parts of Warren Moon and Dan Fouts, plus with a Super Bowl. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl. He'll be a first ballot. I'm just, he was the only one that stuck out. The other, I think, are all no brainers. And you are like a sure. New Orleans homer. I to, love him. You're saying end. his career is just shut down all of a sudden at 35. It took him about four or five years to get going. It, all I'm saying is that name to the others. But he'll, of course, he'll be a first ballot once he has a few more years. All right, here's my list of very close five more names. So when I say this, um, their production. Uh, maybe just falls short of first bout if their career ended. But then if you did take that cap off and, and try to say, all right, these guys are going to play a few more years, can they do it? Here we go. Troy Palomalu, Ben Roethlisberger, Larry Fitzgerald, Reggie Wayne, and Champ Bailey. I think Palomalu and Bailey are first ballot Hall of Famers right now. I think it's odd that you have Reggie Wayne on there, but not Andre Johnson, who's been the better player. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. This is why you throw it out. Dan will be revising his article <laughs> post-haste. But Larry Fitzgerald, I think, it's hard to say if he cut his career off now, but his on-pace stats always broke records for the youngest to do this, the youngest to do that. And voters are always going to remember that postseason, which was the best in NFL history by a wide receiver. Greatest. If, if you matched him and Breeze up, for instance, again, Fitzgerald's much younger, though. But I agree. It's It's – Fitzgerald is on pace to be that first ballot guy. To me, whatever Palomalo and Bailey do the rest of their career is almost incidental because they're at the stage where they're well past their peak. And, man, Champ Bailey, Paolo, Troy Palomalo especially, I, I just kind of see those guys going in right away. I wonder if I, I would vote for Roethlisberger out of the gate, but I, I would vote for a lot more people than some voters do, it seems. I wonder if he may have to wait a little bit, despite the fact that he won multiple Super Bowls and has been the guy forever. Why do you think that? I don't know. I just a, a strange sense that maybe right his numbers. I mean, statistically, he's not. Well, after he wins this year's Super Bowl, then he'll be <laughs> that. Will then that conversation? But the season just ended right now. now so. I, oh, okay. I think he's rated fairly in this, but I he is a guy that you figure as long as he doesn't get hurt, he would be a first ballot type of guy too. Uh, total disclosure, I forgot about Andre Johnson. 
So that, that that's happens. good. That happens. This is a workplace. This is crowdsourced. This is a safe workplace. <laughs> so See what happens when place. you come clean. He's in the very that's close good. category. <laughs> Thanks, guys. No attack there. I like that. No, no. We all make mistakes. We do. All right, this is now the next category. That I'm, was a fatal one, but uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as what Zach did before. Oh, uh, poor Zach. <laughs> I thought I was out of the room. <laughs> All right, now uh, on the right path, these are guys that haven't been in the league long enough to be first ballot Hall of Famers, so obviously they're not going to make it if their career ended. But now you're trying to say if these guys continue to do what they've done in the beginning of their career, they could be first ballot Hall of Famers. Here's a little longer list. Calvin Johnson. J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, Darrell Rivas, LaShawn McCoy, A.J. Green, Joe Thomas, Jimmy Graham, <laughs> Richard Sherman, and Earl Thomas. What are you laughing at? Well, just at a certain point, it just felt like names were falling on me. Who like doesn't an, deserve like to be there? Like an avalanche, and I just could, couldn't think anymore. There's too many. Who doesn't deserve to be there? No, none. It was just too many names to oh, kind of you know think what? about Deal all with at it. once. Come on. You're professional. Well, J.J. Watt's so early. You're right. Of course, he's on pace, but right. he's played three years. I think so. Kevin Johnson, Aaron Rodgers, and Darrell Rivas stand out from that crowd and belong in the very close category. I, I agree. Okay. I mean, if you think about it. Are, are you it, okay? It, are you too overwhelmed to go through that list, Greg? Or, well, or can you to me, Rodgers, for instance, and Breeze don't have that big of different right. resumes, even right now. Or like Roethlisberger, for that matter. I'd take Roethlisberger over Breeze, now that I think about it. Wow. Um, in the first ballot? I put the both in very close. Um, LaShawn McCoy sticks out to me that, yeah, he's on the right path, and Charles are on the right path, but I feel like they have a way to go. And that's a position where the numbers aren't in their favor. It's almost harder for running backs to get Yeah, I would, it's way too early on running backs because their careers can end at any time. And That's fair. I'm not sure why you had Chris Ivory on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to say, but I just felt it. I had to put him on the Revis list. Revis is an interesting one. you got to – Figure he should be in that in yeah. that one above in the category so? above. Yeah, I, I want to see him come back fully from the knee injury before I do that. But man, he's done a lot. He's done he a lot had, already. Yeah, he had three years as one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history. That's the thing. Like a guy like Champ Bailey, he never had a peak. Right. I mean, Andre Reed, Aeneas Williams, even Michael Strahan, they never had a peak like Darrell Revis had a peak or Aaron Rodgers. Nobody hmm. that's getting elected in the Hall of Fame had a peak. Like Darrell Rivas. Nobody in this year's class. That's true. Well, Walter Jones is All right, maybe pretty, Walter pretty Jones. Good. Right. And then uh, first ballot guys, but they can potentially make the Hall of Fame with a late push. So this is a different group category, but just for fun, I'll throw out some names. And there are going to be names I miss on this. I did this pretty quickly before the show, but this is the names that popped out to me. Philip Rivers, Tony Romo, DeMarcus Ware, Eli Manning. And- DeMarcus Ware way up the list. Yeah, they way do. Up okay. the list. Like Ware, to me, is up to very close. Source. I would yeah. say very, he, he is almost there. Eli Manning? Jared? <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Oh, sorry. What? Just my reaction to Two hearing Two Super Eli Bowl Manning. MVPs? Yeah, they nice belong numbers. to Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan. <laughs> <laughs> One of those Eli Manning conspiracy theorists, Wes. Well, he didn't play that well. I would say the first Super Bowl MVP goes to Jeff Fiegels because he was punting ridiculous that game. Fiegels and the Giants punter played well in the second Super Bowl. I know. I just he belongs on the list because there aren't how many two-time Super Bowl MVPs are not in the Hall of Fame. I'm just if we're predicting what's actually going to happen. Eli Manning probably doesn't have to do that much more to get through that room. Even though I personally. He disagree with that. And I feel the same way as you guys, but I do – I concede if he makes a late career push where he gets his career back on yeah. track and puts up some gum, good numbers and, you know, God, if they want if another they Super Bowl, Eli forget Manning about it. If they put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame, I'll never step foot in that building. 
It's personal. Have you ever stepped foot in that building? No. And I'll continue the streak. <laughs> so they're not losing much. I never said again. I just said I'll we never step foot in the building. People in Canton are going to hear this and start scrambling. It's like, oh, my God, we got to get Wes in this building. Next year, you're going to the Hall of Fame game. we got to get Wesling to Canton. You'll love it. Before Eli Eli's yep. career is over. <laughs> and the bottom two names on the list, I think – um, Wes's scoff covered up one of them, Jared Allen. And then there were two more, hmm. two uh, Rosenthal favorites just happened to be next to each other. Fred Jackson? <laughs> no, not Fred Jackson or J.P. Lossman. Uh, Frank Gore and Roddy White. No chance Roddy White. Really? Wait, yeah, why no chance Roddy well, yeah. White? But he's, we talk about Andre Johnson. He hasn't even had as good a career as Chant Johnson. It's a tough position, yeah, right. too, to get in at this Yeah, oh, Roddy White. Also, tough. no Dwight Freeney. Well, oh, well, that's an oversight. Roddy White's younger than you think, though. If he had another four or five good years, and that's kind of what Dan's saying. He's on the Chad Johnson career path. Frank Gore, I Chad think. Chad Johnson flamed out, though. He I, was. That's why he was wearing that fake jacket. He was a guy heading towards that, and then he just completely fell off the cliff. My goal is to be in that room by the time Frank Gore's name comes up. <laughs> I'm telling you. you know I would what? love to. I oh, would really love it. They don't allow NFL employees, though. Career goal? Yeah. If Jay Glazer can give a speech, you can do it for the inconvenient truth. That's the, very uh, true. The inconvenient truth. We've the never, inconvenient truth. We've Frank never Moore. actually spoken. But, <laughs> that uh, might be a hurdle. <laughs> that's an issue. Wait, you need to read the story about Floyd Little and his presenter. Oh, that's right. That will give right. you some inspiration. That's right. Yeah. He let the guy who basically tirelessly campaigned for Floyd Little for some reason. Without his, that guy, Floyd Little would have never gotten in. That's a great point. The and, seeds are there. Oh, and oh, by the way, Frank Gore – is that a better career than Floyd Little? True, but also... Put him in! This <laughs> man was a little more maniacally possessed about the whole Hall of Fame process than you will ever be. Well, I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that's it for today's edition of the Around the League podcast. We will be back next week with three more shows as training camp rolls on. Uh, and as I hinted earlier, I think we might have our first nomination for Team of ATL in 2014, so get excited for that. But even do a little talk about... Win Greg's toaster, whether that game's going to come back at some point this summer. Mm. It seems like a debate has to be had about that. Uh, the gold standard, of course, put a rule into uh, <laughs> the books here at ATL before he left that Greg can only sit on the toaster for so long. So let's, we're, we're going to hold on that conversation until next week, but something to get into. Uh, but for now, we are leaving. Have a nice weekend, everyone. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, and Zachariah. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.